I think you should open up a little more naturally. Like we're opening up in conversation, maybe. Okay, we're opening up in conversation. Yeah. Where else? And then you can, like, let's just start talking about something, and you can hit start, and then we'll. <laughs> I mean, that's fair. We can do that. <laughs> <laughs> we could try it. Yeah, for sure. Wait, so how do you envision this going? We're just having a conversation. We're laughing. Yeah, I think you should just hit start, and I won't even know <laughs> when it started. <laughs> Okay. I mean, we did already start recording. No, really? Yeah. So you tricked me. I did trick you. <laughs> I'm so nervous. Trickery. That's what sales is all about. Oh my gosh. Welcome I'm to Persuasion nervous. School. I'm sweating. Why? I don't know. This just you seems like... You can hear you sweat on a microphone. <laughs> Welcome, everybody, to your favorite podcast in the world. In the world. Police. Um, Welcome, everybody, to the Persuasion School podcast. My name is Jake Savage. A little bit about me. Alexa, you're breathing very well. (laughs) I'm I'm so nervous. That's totally... (laughs) Why? What's there to be nervous about? Okay, go ahead. Uh Okay. Should we start over? Or you want to keep going with that? No, let's just... It's going to be the same if we start over. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Um, Like I was in the middle of saying, uh, my name is Jake Savage. For those of you that are here for the first time, a little bit about me. I'm a sales leader by trade. I say sales leader instead of salesman because I train people how to sell. So, and sales leader sounds a little bit better. I got my start in door-to-door sales about just almost 14 years ago. Now, uh, knocked on doors throughout high school, throughout college, a little bit after college, totaling just about 100,000 doors. And in that time, learned a ton about overcoming the fear of rejection, or at least working on overcoming the fear of rejection. And then learning how to build rapport with people quickly, understanding what makes people tick, uh, how to read people's needs, goals, wants, and then how to align what it is I'm selling in a way that meets those needs, goals, and wants. Had a ton of fun doing it. And also, anytime I screwed up, which was very often, you could just walk down the street and try again at the next house. So it was a perfect opportunity to learn how to sell. And then it transitioned over into Base Makers six years ago. So Base Makers is an outsourced sales team for emerging food and beverage brands. So we help new brands grow and develop around the nation in grocery stores started that with a handful of amazing people and we've now hit the inc 500 list of fastest growing companies in america twice which is pretty dang cool and now i well at base makers i essentially train people how to sell so i've spent the last several years uh, building and training a team of elite sales performers and special episode today. I mean, every episode is special, but this one we have a very special guest. Um, my wife, Alexa. Thank God. What do you mean, thank God? It's about time. Give <laughs> the people what they want. True, very true, very true. So, my wife, Alexa, is here because we thought it would be interesting and educational even Mm -hmm. would you use that word yeah yeah educational yes informative informative we thought it would be informative to include a third-party perspective on the sales uh topic today on this episode a common person a common person as you will a layman (laughs) (laughs) how do you spell that i don't know isn't that the term yeah i just don't know if i like 
the sound of that. Yeah. Layman. <laughs> I don't know. I think that's what it is. But point is, a common person's perspective. Each episode tends to be shorter, although now we're over the length of the majority of uh, my episodes. You'll go back and cut and edit, though. Maybe. Maybe we'll just drop this whole thing like it is. Okay. Yeah, give the people what they want. Raw. It'll be long. Raw footage. We'll see how you do. Also, footage? can I interject? What would you like to say? Have you read that Brene Brown book where, where she talks about giving permission? Like, I give you permission to not do laundry today. And like... Thank you. Well, I'm giving you permission, if this episode sucks, <laughs> to not put it out there. Like, okay. it's, it's going to be okay between you and I. That's cool. I, I appreciate think. that. Yeah. If you like for our marriage. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, so. I can hear your hands a lot. I'm sorry. They're the so dry. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Look, people, here on the Persuasion School podcast, we review one principle or method at a time whether it's from neuroscience psychology corporate sales something to help you be more effective more persuasive and also something that's actionable so something that you can utilize right away after listening to the episode whether you're in sales you're in fundraising you're campaigning or you're just trying to get your kids or partner to listen to you this is the place to come to learn how to be more persuasive so again we wanted my wife alexa here on the episode for a third-party perspective, somebody that's not in sales. Alexa, what do you do? I'm a therapist. You're a therapist. Mm-hmm. What kind of therapist? Uh, give me a call, schedule a session, and we'll find out. Oh, okay. You're trying to score some business through this podcast. I am, I am. Uh, trauma. Uh, specialize in trauma. Okay. But, um, yeah. Cool. Well, feel free to interject at any time oh, with your well. thoughts. Can I use this? Is this okay? Sure, go for this it. This is my notepad. Yep, that's great. So here's the deal. The past few episodes, I've spent some time talking about FBI techniques on building rapport. And I've had a few people reach out asking me if I'm referring to Chris Voss. And I have not been, actually. The first couple episodes on building rapport quickly that had to do with hostage negotiations, that came from a Time Magazine article where they interviewed different hostage negotiators from the FBI counterintelligence unit and then my last episode the friendship formula was from a an fbi uh, agent whose job was to recruit foreign spies also not chris voss so lots of fbi stuff about being persuasive nothing from the man himself chris voss who's written that great book never split the difference which some of you may have already read and if not i highly recommend it but interestingly enough two weekends ago I was in a wedding in Florida, and instead of flying down there, I thought it would be really fun to rent a Camaro convertible and drive down 14 hours uh, each way in one weekend. And so I had a lot of time to listen to podcasts while on that drive, and I came across one by Chris Voss with Dax Shepard on the podcast Armchair Expert. And so obviously had to give it a listen and he mentioned something that I thought was very interesting. It is a technique or a method used when persuading uh, others and especially in hostage negotiation situations. So Chris Voss is a former FBI agent. His job was a hostage hostage negotiator, very successful, did this around the country and around the world. And he's written at least one book, Never Split the Difference. And he has a lot of uh, speaking engagements. And now he has a class on the app and website Masterclass, which is pretty cool. So Dax, or yeah, Dax interviewed Chris Voss. 
And he's just talking about all different types of hostage negotiation techniques. And there was something that stood out that was actually uh, counterintuitive to what you would learn in a traditional sales setting. Something that I had spent the last 14 years or so learning in sales. And I really appreciated where he was coming from with this method. And it's also something I recognized that I had used multiple times in different sales encounters. And I think it's something that I would like to adopt moving forward altogether. So this is something new that I learned that I'd love to share with everybody here. So Chris Voss was essentially sharing to Dax how when it comes to negotiating, one of the most important things to us as individuals, something that we're willing to die for, is our autonomy. So in sales, if you read a lot of these traditional sales books, things that have been around since the 70s, 80s, 90s, etc., there's a lot of talk about micro-commitment and micro-closes. And this essentially is just getting your prospect to say yes multiple times in a row to little questions. Have you heard of this, Alexa? No. You haven't. So you said micro-commitment and micro-closing? Yeah, micro-close or micro-commitment. So you know, ultimately, my goal is to get you to say yes to what it is that I'm selling. That's a big commitment. So a micro-commitment is me getting you to say yes to a more simple question in the beginning, like, do you experience um, issues ever or problems with your current product, you know, A, B, or C? And then you would say yes. Like, okay, do those hinder, you know, what you're ultimately trying to, to achieve with it? Yes. Okay. Does that frustrate you when you're trying to do A, B, or C? Yes. I'm getting you to say yes over and over and over again. These are micro commitments ultimately leading up to saying yes. What's a micro-closing? Same thing, kind of like a micro-close, a trial close is another example. If uh, you know you were to say something like, if I were to sell you this microphone, for example, I'm going to ask you a couple questions about it. And then I may say something like, um, you know, if you were to, to take this microphone home, how often would you use it, you think? And if mm. you were like, well, a couple times a week. It was kind of a micro-close because I didn't ask you to buy it yet. I just asked you if you were to take it home, how many times would you use it? Oh, yes. huh. okay, okay. So one, one thing that I've always felt when it comes to micro-commitments or micro-closes is it can be, it not always is, but it can be manipulative. Mm. Do you feel that way? Or well, I feel like when you're saying like micro-commitment and you're asking me questions, uh, I feel like you're personally trying to get to know me. Like when you were talking about the product, like is the product frustrating to you? And I'm like, yeah, you like, I don't, I don't feel like that's manipulative. Is that the word that you used? Yeah, yeah, essentially, which is good if you don't feel that way. But I think that's something that I've, it has at least always crossed my mind when I'm you know, trying to sell something to somebody. If I'm using a series of micro-commitments or trial closes and I'm getting them to say yes multiple times in a row, you, know, you can, in a sense, back people into a corner. Or help way. them realize that that's an issue, maybe. Yeah, absolutely. I love the positive outlook there. Uh, I could just be trying to get to know you a little bit better. I think some salespeople, and maybe this is just more of a conviction, a personal conviction, where I have used it and felt as though I was backing the person into a corner where they couldn't say no. 
Mm. There's so, another technique called the four walls technique, where you're essentially asking a series of questions to like erect these walls on all sides until the point where you close them in, and they have to say yes. Oh, that sounds sad. It does sound sad, and that's like the that. more manipulative that's version manipulative. of it. Yes, I think so too. Mm. So what Chris Voss was saying, yeah. So what do you do when you feel like you are backing someone into that corner, like you personally? Well, now I try very hard to be persuasive in my arguments, but do it in a sense to where I'm helping to maybe illuminate a new perspective for the person that I'm having a conversation with Mm -hmm. rather than manipulate them and force them into a corner. So if I can use better questions by encouraging my listener or audience to think about something or look at something from a new perspective through a different lens and they can see things the way that I see it, and maybe how it's also beneficial for them, that's a win-win. Mm. So that's what I focus on now. I don't, I don't do that anymore. And actually, I, I felt so bad when doing that often with a particular company that I quit. Remember that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because oh, we were trained yeah. to do that. Right, yeah. right, right, right. Yeah, it kind of drove me nuts. And I did feel like I was backing people into a corner. So coming back on topic here, Chris Voss. <laughs> Got a little strange. What's that? We got a little straight. We got a little, yeah, we straight off topic here. Um, So, yeah, the main thing with that is you're also stripping people of their autonomy, right? And that's the thing Chris Voss is talking about, that people are willing to die for. Something that's super sacred to them is their autonomy. And when you're you're getting people to say yes to things multiple times in a row, and you're using this four walls technique, essentially, or backing someone into a corner, they might feel as though they no longer have that autonomy. That's where it becomes a little manipulative. So right from the beginning, Chris Voss would tell people during these negotiations, you are allowed to say no at any point during this conversation. Just one line, very simple. Chris Voss would say, you're allowed, I wanna remind you that you're allowed to say no at any point during this conversation. So even though his whole goal is steering them to say yes and to see things the way that he sees it, Just that one phrase in the beginning of the conversation preserves their autonomy and helps prevent them from feeling as though they are being backed into a corner or manipulated. Which wouldn't that like essentially build trust like from the get-go? 100%. And I think that's the goal is you are building trust. You are building rapport. And this this made me think about one time when I was selling security systems door-to-door for this particular company. And I I did feel as though I was manipulating people. And I I made this decision that I was going to stop manipulating people. This was before I decided just to quit altogether. But I I remember this couple. I'm inside of their home. And they, you know, we've been kind of going over the security system and how it's going to keep them safe and all this different stuff. And all the different ways that someone could break into their home. That was another thing. You're kind of playing into this fear, right? This emotion of fear. Yeah, and so they look at me and they say, if we sign today, will we be locked into a contract for several years? And I was trained to deflect this and get around it a certain way by letting them know that they'd have plenty of time to decide against being locked into the contract if they wanted to get out of it and that it wasn't really you know, something super binding when in reality it was. So again, I had had this realization and I just looked them in the eyes and said, yes. If you sign today, you will be locked in for five years. And then I just shut up. I didn't say another word. And it was quiet. And the husband and wife looked at each other, kind of stared for a little bit, and then looked back at me. 
And they shrugged their shoulders and said, all right, sounds great. We'll go ahead and sign up. Whoa. Yeah. And it was this good feeling that like there was trust that had been built. I had preserved their autonomy, did not manipulate them and ended up closing the deal. And you didn't feel shady. I did not feel shady. Yeah. Because you were truthful. Yeah, absolutely. So I think one way that we can do that in sales or fundraising is just by letting people know right off the bat, like, hey, I'm, my job here is just to kind of let you know about what we're doing and educating you. And obviously, the decision is completely yours as to whether or not you want to move forward. Hmm. So th- that's how I would phrase it. Obviously, the decision is completely yours as to whether or not you want to move forward. So right off the bat, I'm preserving their autonomy. Sure, I'm going to work really hard during the rest of the conversation to get them to see things my way. But I think that this is a way that we can build trust. And it's, again, a way that Chris Voss would use this during hostage negotiations. Wow. How do you feel about it? So how would a layman... Layman? A layman's? Is that the term? Is Should we look it up? on the end? No, no. Let's keep it... No, let's no? sit in the heaviness of okay. the question. Okay, heaviness. How would a how would a common person the common man the common commoner. man the how would a, how would a commoner use this? Um, let me give you an example. Say I'm trying to ask my friend if they will watch my dog for the weekend while mm. I'm out of town. Mm. How would I use this Chris Boss autonomy solution? I mean, in that case, I think you could almost just repeat verbatim what he says. Which is, hey, I want to let you know that you know, by no means do you have to say yes. You can absolutely say no. But I wanted to ask you and then go right into it. Mm. So by doing this autonomy thing, are you still doing the four-wall thing? Or no, you're not, not, you're not to doing do the four-wall four wall. thing. Okay. Yeah, that, that's why this caught, me, caught my interest when listening to it. Because it was kind of counterintuitive, like I said, to what you would traditionally learn in a sales environment. Mm. Which is the four walls technique, asking questions to get them saying yes multiple times in a row to eventually say yes to the big ask, right? So we're preserving, we're we're still going to be persuasive in our argument and try to get them to say yes. There's nothing wrong with that. Of course we want to get them to say yes, Mm -hmm. if if it's good for them, right? Um, But if we've done our job as salespeople or fundraisers and we've prospected and we've identified somebody who could benefit from our offering, then yeah, we should go ahead and try to be persuasive. But just saying this in the beginning, again, preserves their autonomy. So your example, asking a friend to walk a dog, it could be also you're applying for a job or you're asking for a raise or for a promotion. Hey, I, I just want to let you know that, um, you know, you could say no, obviously at any point, but what I wanted to ask you today was, boom, and jump straight into it. Hmm. It kind of sounds like you're just like being like an open book. Does that make, or like, I don't know. Like there's no, there's no secrets. Like, hey, just letting it all out in the open. Yeah. I'm just asking. I think that that's huge. And a lot of salespeople want to come across as though they have everything all together. And they're able to answer all the questions perfectly. And their product is spectacular, has zero flaws, and they have zero flaws, and they're there to save the day. When in reality, I think uh, allowing yourself to be vulnerable with the person that you're selling to creates more trust. You can't spend the entire conversation talking about how great you are and how great your product is and how it's going to solve their problem. You need to share some sort of drawback Hmm. to secure that trust. 
Like share a fault of yours Whoa. or the product. Have you done an episode on that? I have not. Whoa. We should do one, huh? You should. Yeah, I think that would be pretty we cool. We should. We should. All right. Dr. Alexis Savage. <laughs> Can you put doc- <laughs> Dr. Alexis Savage on the Are you a doctor? Do you have your PhD? You sick son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Can you say that on air? Yeah, we can say whatever we want. <laughs> you don't have this to put it on podcast. <laughs> I'll put it on. <laughs> Dear listener. <laughs> Thank you for your time. Yes. Uh, Guys, thank you, as always, for tuning in. I would encourage you to give this a try, preserving the autonomy right off the bat by saying, hey, obviously you can say no at any point, but what I wanted to ask you today was boom. Let me know how it goes, whether it's successful or not. You can send me an email, jake at jakesavage.co, or you can DM me directly on Instagram. I'm pretty active on there. It's at it's Jake Savage. And lastly, most important, absolutely, positively, make sure you do not tell anybody about this podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's right. It's a secret club. Mm-hmm. Secret, secret club. Secret club, like the the meatball sub uh, subway. Oh, is that a secret? Every Tuesday. I don't think that's a secret. No, it's a mozzarella. <laughs> Alrighty, thank you guys. Enjoy the rest of your day.